seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. <laughs> Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, as Baroness Ox's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. at a state ball in Paris. One of those gay affairs that the Committee of Public Safety organized every now and then to distract attention from the horrors of the guillotine. Among those present were two prosperous merchants of the city, ardent Republicans, of course, citizen Pierre Lebas and his brother Jean, uh, that is to say, Tony Dewhurst and myself, both of us deriving considerable enjoyment from the occasion. Quite a night, eh, Brother Jean? Oh, quite a night, Brother Pierre. Everybody who is anybody. To say nothing of the nobodies? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and, of course, the news. The gold all cares on with the dance. Our old friend Chauvelin has to lead the minuet. Well, well, fine figure of a man. Except, of course, for those legs. Oh, those legs. He's making out to rechristen him Spindlechecks. Right, yes. save me up. I've just remembered. I remember what? I, I'm just for this dance. Oh, who do? Oh, very charming and beautiful young lady. Uh, <laughs> the bell of the ball. Madame Erola. You mean the wife of Vincent Erola? One and the same. Deputy Chief Prosecutor of the State, member of the Committee of Public Safety. The most ambitious man in Paris, and reputedly the most jealous husband. I'd be careful if I were you. Oh, it's not Erola I'm scared of. It's, it's Cecile. Uh, Cecile? Yes, his wife. Oh, it's his... Oh, you wait till you see her. She's ravishing. Well, here I go. Wish me luck, Tony. Be careful. Uh, be careful. Well, oh, and you divinely, Madame Arolat. In fact, everything about you is divine. Can I be permitted to say that, in my opinion, you are the most beautiful woman in Paris. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Isabel. I swear. Oh, come, sir, confess. You said the same to all your partners tonight. That's the truth, now, isn't it? I've had no other partners tonight, nor shall I. Are you leaving so early? No, not at all, but having danced with a gazelle who wishes to partner an elephant. Oh, you say very pretty things, sir. But elephants, for shame. You must not say such things. I speak the truth. Oh, I do protest that you're less than kind to others present. For me, there are no others present. 
Are you uh, collecting with me, citizen? Not you. Do you mind? No. No. I think I... I think I like it. Just a little. Oh, no more than that? Well, uh, let us say a little more than, than a little. Uh, when may I call on you? Call on me? Oh, tomorrow, perhaps, or, or the day after, at least. I couldn't bear to wait a moment longer. No, no, no. I'm afraid you. That is not possible. But I must see you again. I simply... Oh, no, please. You don't mean... I... I do not believe it. You you could not be so poor. You forget that I have a husband. Oh, many women have husbands. It's very fit and proper they should, but what of you? Well, if uh, he's inclined to, to be jealous. Uh, so would I be in his place, madly, desperately jealous. If I found another man making love to you, I, I'd run him through there and there. Exactly. Well, how do you mean, exactly? Oh, that is just what Vincent would do. Well, he's an excellent swordsman. I wouldn't wish you an early death, my friend. But you are presupposing something that need not happen. Am I? Oh, certainly. You're, you're taking it for granted he'll find us together. You amaze me, sir. Oh, really? How's that? We've known each other five minutes. And already you are proposing a secret assignation. Oh, you wrong me, I protest. Perhaps I misunderstand. Oh, surely, madame. I, I'd never presume to be so forward. But suppose, for example, when you leave here tonight, you inadvertently forget your friend. Yes? And suppose I were to find it and recognize it as yours. You follow me, I hope. I've an idea I may be just a little ahead uh, of you, but uh, do go on. And suppose tomorrow afternoon... Oh, well, my husband is away from home? Oh, exactly. Suppose I were to do myself the honor of returning it. There'd be nothing wrong in that, would there? Nothing anyone could object to, I mean. You are not only very persuasive, monsieur, but uh, most uh, resourceful. Uh, a quality gained from uh, long experience, I've no uh, doubt. Madame, you, you do me wrong, I you, you, you will remember, won't you? Remember what? To forget your fan, of course. Well, I don't know. Oh, I... please. Well, perhaps. But I must warn you again. My husband... A luck there lies more peril in thine eye than 20,000 husbands, so... Ah, you are a poet, too. Oh, madame, madame, a certain Shakespeare, slightly misquoted, I'm afraid, but speed on the hours, speed on. In the cold, clear light of next morning, Tony's gallant certainty was replaced by grey doubt. Oh, you know, Blackney, I'm not at all sure I didn't make a considerable fool of myself last night. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> anyway, if you did, you were in good company. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, my dear fellow, men have been making fools of themselves ever beautiful women since the world began. Uh, consider Adam, for instance. Considering Adam isn't going to help the situation as far as I'm concerned. I did warn you. Oh, saying I told you so won't help either. What am I going to do, Blackney? Play well, as an influential man. Man who has his finger on the pulse of political affairs, a man in close touch with those of the exclusive inner circle. Yes, that's all very well. His but... wife is a very beautiful young woman. Uh, you know hey. that better than I do. And I dare say a very persuasive one, too. I'll wager Ewolad has a few secrets from her, the little she doesn't know. Oh, I even... This so... would be an extremely valuable contact. Are you suggesting that I... Yes. <laughs> Go on. I should worm <laughs> information out of her by... By making love to her. Uh, yes, I suppose that is what I am suggesting, really. Oh, Black me, you horrify me. Do I? Well, I... Never dreamed you'd be a party to such a thing. My dear fellow, I'm not being a party to it. Well, you're suggesting it. it, it it's your idea. All's fair in love and war. Oh, yes, but dash it all, Blackney. You, you really are serious. Well, of course. Tony never did tell me exactly what happened that afternoon. Or certainly during the first part of it, when he and the beautiful Cecile were alone. However, I understand that no more than a token coy resistance from the lady was given when suddenly the door burst open. 
happens when I'm away from home. That's all. Didn't expect me quite so soon. Did you? Uh, believe me, sir, I'll show Who is this fellow? This sneak in the grass, this reptile who comes creeping as soon as a man's back is turned. Oh, please, Vincent. You misjudge me, monsieur. Oh. Misjudge you, do I? Yes, you do. Grievous. Perhaps my eyes were deceiving me. Perhaps I only imagined that a moment ago you were in each other's arms. You don't huh? understand. Obviously not. The fact is that I left my fan at the ball last night. Yes. The jeweled one you gave me for my last birthday. And Citizen Lebrun found it and recognized it. Of course. This is the fellow you were dancing with last night, I remember now. Smirking and sipping at each other. I never smirk, monsieur, nor do I think. Randy was kind enough to return it to me this afternoon. And you were so relieved to recover it, I suppose, that you threw your arms around his neck and kissed him, huh? Yes. Ah, you expect me to believe that? Uh, well, it is true. I give you my word. You'll you... give me more than your word, citizen Lebrun. What do you mean? You'll give me what every betrayed husband has a right to demand, sir. You'll give me satisfaction. But oh, really, don't be so absurd, sir. Is it absurd to explain? Well, haven't you realized yet who this gentleman is? What are you talking about? That the fan was merely a convenient excuse. I have already gathered that. That he came here, in fact, this afternoon hoping to meet you. Me? So that in future the two of you can work together to your mutual advantage. What? It is true, isn't it, Citizen Lebar? Why, uh, uh, yes, of course. It is. This is some oh. kind of trick, Cecile. Tell Vincent who you really are. Well, I. That is, I. Oh, never mind. I, I tell him. This gentleman is not, in fact, Citizen Lebar at all. What's that? Indeed, I am not that person. Then may I be permitted to know who you are, please? Well, certainly I. Will you see He is an English. What? Don't look he here. He works with the organization called the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> and able and willing, at a price, of course, to betray its leader, the Pimpernel himself. Is this true? Of course it is true. Hmm. You are a different kettle of fish, as you English say. If out of ignorance I spoke in anger, monsieur, you'll forgive me, won't you? Monsieur, oh, by the way, what is your real name? My name, uh, uh, uh Smith. Uh, William Smith. Ah, delighted to meet you, Monsieur Smith. Ah, oh, thank you very much. You really think you can deliver the Pimpernel into my hands? Well, he's a very slippery character. Quite, quite. Still, it is possible? I believe so. Wonderful. I knew you would be pleased, Anson. Think what such a coup would mean to you. The prestige alone. Yes, that. As you English would say, it would put Chauvelin's nose right out of joint. Would it not? <laughs> they might even make you a senior prosecutor. They'd have to. Public opinion would demand it. But I can see even further than that, Cecile. How much further? I can see myself as deputy president of the Committee of Public Safety. Higher even than Chauvelin himself. The second citizen of France. Yes. Oh, Vincent. Vincent, I want Tell me, monsieur, have you any plans, any ideas? Oh, no, no, no. Much too early yet. This oh. was... For merely to be an exploratory meeting or to learn if you were interested at all. to come to terms, I presume. Well, naturally. Mm, no doubt. How much? Well, to deliver the Pimpernel into your hands, uh, uh, 10,000 francs. You can't be serious. It's worth it. 5,000. Six, seven. My price is 10,000 francs, monsieur. Well, think what it means, Vincent. You drive a hard bargain. But then it is. Splendid. When can we expect action? Well, that depends. The Pimpernel's out of Paris at the moment, but he's expected back in a couple of days. Oh. As soon as he returns, we'll get down to details. Excellent. You'll keep in touch? I think for the sake of caution, it would be better if we weren't to meet till I have a definite plan. Oh. Perhaps you're right. Then I shall hear from you in due course? Yes. Good. And now, my dear fellow, if you'll be kind enough to excuse me... One of your matters to attend to in my study, you understand? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Monsieur Smith may care for some refreshment, Cecile. A glass of wine, perhaps? Uh, oh. Yes, sir, Au revoir, my friend. Au revoir. Oh. 
Well, that was a close call. Congratulations, madame. Congratulations. Well, for your quick thinking, you averted a very awkward situation. Yes, I did, didn't well, That bit about me being an Englishman and in touch with the Scarlet Pimpernel was an invention of sheer genius. Of course, uh, how am I going to explain to your husband I that think, I... monsieur, that the time has come for us to understand each other completely. But I'm sure you that... You see, I... I happen to know that what I told my husband is true. But really, I mother... suspected that you were English last night. Why? Because you are obviously not German, and only the English and the Germans could Shakespeare. Yes, but look and here. And I confirmed it today. Oh. By the way, you made love to me. Well, this is ridiculous. Oh, there is a difference in technique, monsieur. Subtle, perhaps, but uh, a woman knows. You are imagining all this. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. And being English, monsieur, and being in Paris in disguise can mean only one thing. But you are a member of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, really? Yes, your denials, my friend. I know. I warned you last night. My husband is one of the best swordsmen in Paris. That was no less than true. So if you've any wish to live, monsieur, you will do as you are told. Oh, you no, mean... No, I mean that you will deliver into our hands the Scarlet Pimpernel. to disappear. I have to find some other sort of disguise for myself. Oh, no, you won't. No, but hang it all, Blackie. If Everard wants you to portray the Pimpernel, it would be rather a pity to disappoint him, don't you think? You can't possibly I mean do. that... Well, it'd be too dangerous. Everard's no fool. You either is the lovely Cecile. In fact, they're both a lot cleverer than you've given them credit for. How do you mean? Of course, this whole thing was cooked up between them. What? What? Cecile letting me make love to her and then Erhulard catching us together? Well, of course. Oh, but how? Well, it's obvious Cecile spotted who you were last night. She passed the word on to her husband and they arranged to involve you today in compromising circumstances. What, to scare me into playing along with them? Well, precisely. Why, oh, you're only guessing. It's as plain as a pike staff. Suppose you were an outraged husband who came home unexpectedly and found your wife in another man's arms. Would you believe such a fantastic story as Cecile told? Well, I, I, I don't suppose I would. <laughs> of course you wouldn't. If my wife told me such a story, I'd divorce her for foolishness. Therefore, the whole thing has been prearranged. I, be I believe you're right. Of course I am. Oh, yes, but even so... Well? Well, surely they don't imagine I'm such a patron that I'll betray you just to save my own skin. Oh, there's a little matter of 10,000 francs, don't forget. Yes, but dash it all. 10,000. Tony, the whole political framework of France is built on bribery and corruption and on the cynical belief that every man has his price. That's true, isn't it? Yes, certainly. And there's a firm belief the English as a race are feet and decadent. That's true also, isn't it? Yes. And therefore, it's reasonable for Evola to assume that as far as you're concerned... What cupidity doesn't achieve, fear will. I see what you mean. Well, what do you think we should do, eh? Hmm. Citizen Evolard is a very ambitious man. Oh, very. And ruthless in his ambition? Well, entirely, I should think. Such men are dangerous, Tony. I think it would be rather amusing, don't you, to take him down a peg or two to uh, 
kill his career before he becomes too powerful? Oh, I think it'd be very amusing, but how? <laughs> I don't quite know. But I'll think of something. Later that evening, as I lay awake in bed, I conceived a plan that pleased me very well. Among the early callers at the offices of the Committee of Public Safety next morning was a middle-aged provincial, a certain citizen Dubois. Um, one of the uh, citizen Chauvelin's secretaries. Uh, you wish to see him, I believe? Oui, oui, that is right, monsieur. Uh, well, uh, what is your business? Oh, it is uh, personal, as you might say. Uh, I'm sorry. Unless you are prepared to state the exact nature of your business, there is no possibility of his seeing you at all. <laughs> it is about the, um, the taxes, monsieur. But you mean to say you come all the way to Paris to protest about your tax? Oh, no, 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 no. Not... <laughs> Not wasting your time. You'd better go away. Oh, no, no, I am not here to protest, monsieur. Uh, what I say is that the taxes, they are fair, they are right. Well, an unusual and a refreshing point of view, I must but say. But it is the creatures who evade paying the taxes I want to see Citizen Chauvelin about. It is not right. No, it is not right. They should be paid and people should be glad to pay them. Uh, do I understand you have evidence of deliberate tax evasion? Oui, monsieur. Names and uh, specifications? Oui, monsieur. Oui, monsieur. Uh, in that case, um, Citizen Chauvelin will see you, I believe. Uh, about uh, 10 o'clock, Friday morning. Friday morning? Oh, I'd wanted to be back on my farm by Friday morning. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, that is the earliest possible Could time. Could I not see him for a few minutes now? He's not here. Uh, this afternoon? He has three meetings this afternoon. Tomorrow morning? He has business with the governor of Saint-Lazare jail tomorrow morning. Oh, when his business is over? Oh, he expects to be there from 9 to 12, and he's... Busy all the afternoon, too. It'll have to be Friday morning or not at all. Oh, well, if that is how it to be, that is how it is to be, I suppose. <laughs> what time shall I come? Ten o'clock and see that you are not late. I will be there, monsieur. Bonjour, monsieur. I had learned all I wanted to. There remained a certain amount of minor forging to do. A letter from the governor of the jail to Chauvelin, stating there was considerable business to discuss, and asking if he, if he would time his visit for 8.30 instead of 9.00. The letter was duly delivered, and the same evening, Tony presented himself before the Evolade. When he returned later to headquarters, he was jubilant. It worked like a charm, Blakeney. They swallowed the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker. Good. What did you tell them? Exactly what you'd suggested, I should. I, I said you'd return to Paris sooner than expected on a mission to rescue a certain nobleman named the Marquise de la Tour from Saint-Lazaire prison. You tell them about Chauvelin? Yes, I, I said you'd learned that Chauvelin was to visit the prison tomorrow morning. You explained how I'd found that out? Yes, sir. I said you disguised yourself as a, a provincial seeking an appointment with Chauvelin. And then I went on to tell them your plan was to get to the prison half an hour earlier than had been appointed, impersonating Chauvelin, of course, to send for the Marquis on the pretense of interrogating him, and then to smuggle him out somehow. You've no doubt whatever the Evolards do accept the story. Well, he was a bit non-committal at first, if not actually suspicious. Then he wrote a couple of notes and sent two of his servants out with them. I stayed till they'd returned with the answers. Who were they to? One was to Chauvelin's secretary. Ah. He wrote back confirming that the provincial had, in fact, that morning made an appointment to see Chauvelin. Good. And the other was to the governor of the prison. He confirmed that he's expecting a visit from Chauvelin tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Couldn't be better. There is just one thing. Oh, what's that? Well, if any of this should get back to Chauvelin through the secretary or the jail governor, it'll give the game away. Well, I don't think there's any danger of that. You'll be sure? Oh, quite sure. You see, being ambitious, Erolard wants to collect the whole credit for this coup for himself. And, of course, he's reasoned that if Chauvelin learned what was afoot... The whole thing will be taken out of his hand. Exactly. So his notes to the secretary and the governor were models of discretion. They didn't give a single thing away. Excellent. You know, Tony, I have an idea. I'm going to enjoy this. 
You mean you're going to be there? Oh, at a discreet distance, of course. I wouldn't miss it for worlds. And so, at 8.30 next morning, outside the gates of Saint-Lazare prison... I beg to report, sir, that the men are undercover and ready. Thank you, Sergeant. Do you know exactly what your orders are? Oh, yes, sir. When you all blow your whistle, we come out, we close in and make the arrest. That's the idea. Off you go now. Certainly, sir. You'd better get undercover too, Mrs. Smith. Oh, yes, it would not do to let him see me, would it? I'll call you when I want you. All right. Hi. I hear a carriage now. It's probably him. Be back to pick me up at 12 sharp. Very good, sir. Good morning, citizen Chauvelin. Ah, what are you doing here, eh, lad? Ah, so you know me, eh? Well, of course I know you. Rather earlier than you'd planned, aren't you, citizen? I had word from the governor, but... But what's all this about, anyhow? So, you had word from the governor, eh? Very interesting. Now, look here, eh, lad? Citizen, eh, from you. What's that? You heard what I said, you insolent dog. What? You are under arrest. You must be crazy. You've overplayed your hand, my friend. The game's up. All right, in, man. If you please. What's that? We made a bargain. Of course. Fletcher has its price, has it not? Ten thousand francs. Here you are, monsieur. to your face. <laughs> no, no, I, I had to accept it. I, 
I couldn't even hit it. Serves you right, my dear fellow. Uh, yes, Blakeney, but uh, what about those 10,000 francs? I'm not going to spend that fellow's money, you know? Particularly now that Ewolad is certainly out of a job, and I imagine rather hard up. Well, I, I'll put the money into the League's fund, shall I? Debts of honor first, Tony. Debts of honor first. Well, what do you mean? Oh, well, uh, you never told me how far exactly you went for the lovely Cecile. Well, not, not very far, I'm afraid. Uh, how far? Oh, a couple of kisses? That makes 5,000 francs a kiss. An expensive lady. You mean... Give her her husband's money? Yes, Tony. Gentlemen always pay for their pleasures. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel... Starring Marius Goring is produced by Harry Allen Towers.